Welcome, Blood Brothers and Sanguine Sisters, to Deeply Discussing Dexter. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hi. And today we are discussing Season 3, Episode 1, Our Father. Uh, This is our introduction to... Some new characters, primarily Jimmy Smits as Miguel Prado, and uh, a new uh, season setup where Dexter accidentally kills his brother, Uh, Miguel Prado's brother, that is. What did you guys think of this episode overall? I thought it was uh, was okay, I guess. I mean, for an introductory uh, episode uh, to the season... Um, I think that, you know, right out of the gate, we get that, that twist. I mean, it's not a twist, but it's the thing that happens, or inciting incident. And uh, I'm curious to see where it goes. But, you know, Jimmy Smits, come on. What a guy. What a guy yeah. indeed. I thought it was just a very basic introductory episode. Nothing too special, nothing too exciting. I do like uh setup of... What happens when Dexter accidentally kills someone? Turn of events, but otherwise just, I mean, it was okay. Just very basic. I don't know if it's that I remember what happens in this season or what, but man, I just, I did not care for this episode at all. And the the characters that they introduce are, are just not... Are not doing it for me. Yeah. It didn't hold my attention, I will say. It was hard to get myself focused enough to pay attention to what was going on. Winding, because I kept spacing. Well, I will... I'll, I'll try and think of some positives here. Um, the... Uh, the number of times that Dexter and Rita have sex will never be topped by another episode. Um... That's like at its most, and it's also at its most graphic. You'll never see that much Julie Benz ever again on the show. Um, the thing that I thought was probably uh, the best part of the entire episode is something that just never happens on this show, which is a really interesting shot. Uh, there is a really cool shot where Dexter is standing over uh, the dead brother's casket and he sort of leans in to like rub his head like I can't believe I did this in that same shot you can see Miguel Prado Jimmy Smith's in the background and it focuses on him and you see him kind of smile and start to walk like he's going to talk to Dexter like he's you know really touched that Dexter is so upset about his brother being dead and LaGuerta walks up to Miguel and taps him on the shoulder and he turns around and starts talking to her. It's this brilliant little play that they do with it's all it's all in Jimmy Smith's face. It's like he's touched by Dexter, he's gonna walk up and say something, and then he's turned around by LaGuerta and ends up talking to her, and then Dexter ends up walking away and it goes back to his face and he's just kinda like this. But the the part that's all done in one shot is really arty and and well done and not the kind of thing that this show does very often so um we start with a fake out that leads to showing that dexter is getting his teeth worked on 
There's a quick montage showing that Dexter's killed a handful of people and restarted his slide collection. I think he has like four or five. Uh, more slices of life. Dexter enjoying his boat, having sex with Rita. The sex, of course. Dexter is making pancakes. Aster no longer wants shaped ones because she's a growing up little girl, almost teenager. Uh, Cody asks Dexter to go to dad day at school. Dexter agrees and Cody hugs him. Um, so that's kind of the first scene there. I think it's cool. It's like, sorry, to, I think it's just cool to see Dexter being like uh, even more normal than usual. Like at this point, it's like he's he's folded himself into the family after all of the events of season one and season two. Uh, now, you know, they see him more as like, I mean, they've kind of seen him as a father figure, but he's asking for him to come to dad day at school. Uh, I, I just think that it's like, a, it's, you know, it's fun to watch him still play this like fake role, but like still doing it really well, you know, no, to give us that insight again that like, oh yeah, Dexter is not who everyone thinks he is, but he's really good at playing that that part mm-hmm. and kids got to grow up you know they got to quit eating those mickey mouse pancakes <laughs> yeah. well, and don't apologize for jumping in that's sort of the point um i don't want to just read my bullets and call it a night <laughs> and that's it um, we're all just here to listen to dale read the notes that's yeah it. yeah uh dexter is tracking a serial killer named frederick bowman aka freebo because he's got to have a stupid name. Uh, Dexter shows up at Miami Metro with donuts. Angel always gets a bear claw. Masuka always gets a lemon custard. Masuka asks Dexter if he will proof an article that he wrote about the Bay Arbor Butcher case. Dub shows up and makes a crack about how his only previously published work was a penthouse letter. Masuka says it still counts. Didn't he say that like, the letter was legendary? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he wrote a great penthouse letter. Okay. Um, so Masuka's back for season three. Yay! Yeah. yeah. Yay. I like I, uh, I like his discussion with Dexter because when he's asking him to proof an article, he's like, uh, "It's it's about my time as the LFI on the BHB." Yeah. And well, and Dexter like translates the abbreviation <laughs> every time he says something. Yeah. Yeah. The lead forensics investigator. On the Bay Arbor Butcher, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and who still cares about penthouse letters in 2008, but whatever. Okay. Quinn comments on Deb's new hairstyle and compliments her on a case. Deb reminds Dexter to meet at the Blue Room to celebrate their father's birthday. LaGuardia announces that Angel is being promoted to Detective Sergeant. Hey, we just lost one of those. <laughs> and guess what? Now we've got another one. So sad Tista. Well, no, <laughs> happy Tista because that that position opened up. If he'd have known that, he probably would have killed Dokes years ago. Um, <laughs> Erna would have. So Quinn's the worst. Quinn's the worst. I hate this character so bad. Uh, <laughs> we really don't have enough information to talk about Quinn yet <laughs> yeah. in this episode. So I think we shouldn't really go in the detail there, but. Um, all we really know about him in this episode is that uh, IA is after him about something and that he's flirty towards Deb. And that's about all. I don't remember hating him, so I'm really curious to see why you guys don't like him. Because I don't remember that I didn't like him. 
I don't hate him. I, I don't at all. I think, and I think by the end of the series, he becomes a pretty solid character. Um, but he he definitely has, yeah, he has a reputation, and he has a personality that uh, improves. He he grows as a character throughout the show. So this is kind of him. It is don't really remember, so I'm intrigued. He, yeah, he just got kind of a frat boy thing going on. I think that's probably the the, the okay. way to say it without going into too many details right. or spoilers about what's coming up. Well, I'll learn as we go again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Deb points out that with Angel as her boss, she'll have an easier time getting her detective shield. Uh, Dexter pretends to be a junkie and walks up to Freebo's pink house. That's the whole wonky thing where he's eating that Oreo so weird. Uh, there's a young guy inside playing a video game. Dexter asks him for some tar heroin. A woman named Tegan comes in and asks for a hit, but the kid blows her off. Tegan says, well, I guess your dick can suck itself from now on. Which, uh, wishful thinking, anyway. Um, Dexter... (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the dream? (laughs) If only. Uh... Dexter goes to a squat recently raided by SWAT, and he sets up a kill room. Uh, a woman sees Deb putting sugar in her coffee and remarks, Raw, you like it raw? And it turns out to be Yuki Amato from Internal Affairs. She asks Deb to help her take down Quinn. I like Yuki. I think uh, it was a fun little, like... No, I think she was a fun like character to throw in there where you're just like, oh yeah, there's this very persistent internal affairs person who's like uh, different than what you would expect. You know? Like yeah. normally it's a guy in a tie coming in, being a jerk or whatever. I think this is a fun way to to, to twist that. Yeah, I think well I think it's a intentional ploy by IA to make it seem like this is something that someone that Deb would be friends with. And so if she's undercover IA, then, you know, it's not a big deal to see Deb hanging out with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might be a part of it. But, yeah, you're right. It's not just like, you know, it's not a, a guy that looks like Captain Matthews' brother talking to her or something. Exactly. Dexter breaks into Freebo's. Inside he finds Freebo fighting some random guy. The guy goes after Dexter, knocking out his temporary crown. Dexter turns the guy's knife around and stabs him to death. I, I love this scene. Because right when he stabs the guy, the guy's like, who are you? And Dexter's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, the right answer to that question is always Batman. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I can understand in the heat of the moment they didn't, didn't figure that one out. So. Would have yeah, made for I, a better episode. <laughs> I'm Batman. Yep, and then if you and then as you're dying, you have to say Martha. <laughs> that way, <laughs> why did you say that? Uh, Rita calls. She wants more of the sex. Afterward, they're sitting with the fridge door open. Rita says, "After God invented pudding, he rested," which sounds like a Dexter line. I think she's he's rubbing off on her, or more than that. Uh, Dexter gets a call. He says he's happy with his long-distance <laughs> provider. When he drives back by Freebo's, Miami Metro is there. Turns out the man Dexter killed is the brother of ADA Miguel Prado, Jimmy Smith's, and Sheriff Ramon Prado. The one Dexter killed is the youngest brother, Oscar. 
Uh, Dexter walks around looking for his crown and finds it miraculously behind some curtains. Miguel kneels down and says something in Spanish over Oscar. Ramon says whoever did this is already dead. Dexter made sure he didn't get caught, but he's not so sure if Oscar deserved to die. Angel tells Dexter that LaGuardo still pines for Miguel. They once had a relationship. Uh, relationship with everybody at some point, hasn't she? Well, I mean, that's kind of her character. That's her thing. Yeah. Jesus. Angel uh, tells Dexter that uh, Oscar went to confront Freebo for selling drugs to kids, and Quinn says Freebo would have split ten by now. Um... I'm going to talk for just a minute about Jimmy Smith's because Jimmy Smith's is is always a bad sign for a TV show. Um, there's nothing wrong with him as an actor. I always enjoy his performances, but he's always brought in late to a show that has lost some people. Um, in this case, they lost Eric King. Uh, they lost Keith Carradine. And so they brought in Jimmy Smits. Um, he famously took over for uh, David Caruso's worst career move ever of leaving NYPD Blue after one season. Um, NYPD Blue killed off his character, Jimmy Smits's character, in like one of the most ridiculous ways ever. Um, so I, I'm not going to spoil NYPD Blue for anybody, but Jesus, it was bad. Um, there's uh, Sons of Anarchy. He shows up in the end of Sons of Anarchy. Um, just so I, I always have that sort of bad taste in my mouth. It's like, oh, they went to Jimmy Smith's. Um, he's in the Star Wars prequels. He's uh, Leia's foster father. So yeah, it's uh, it bad. It, it bad sign. Soon in Dexter to bring him in, yeah. It's too soon in Dexter's run to, to go Smiths. Well, they didn't know if they were going to get a fourth season, so... <laughs> right. They really thought this was the last one. The only way it would have been worse is if he came in to replace a departing Michael C. Hall. Like, that's oh, the God. only... That's like the, the level of ridiculous that Jimmy Smiths usually is in these things. But that would have felt right. You know, I mean, that's kind of what he does. <laughs> and then they replaced him with Rick Schroeder on NYPD Blue, <laughs> who also left. And then they replaced him with Mark Paul Goslinger from Saved by the Bell. And only Mark Paul Goslinger got second billing to Dennis France. All of those other people got top billing over Dennis France. You're like, come on, Dennis France has been there the whole time. Okay. Jimmy Smith's sidebar over. Uh, Miguel gives a speech about how when someone in Miami dies, it affects all of us. Dexter digs into Oscar's Oscar's past but can't find anything to support his killing. Quinn gives Deb a number to help her track down more information from Freebo's neighborhood. Deb meets with Quinn's CI, Anton. Deb gives a train wreck of a speech to the kids at Cody's class. Dexter gives a train wreck of a speech to the kids at Cody's class about his job. Dexter reflects on how Cody was able to move on from father and abandonment issues. Dexter gets a call from Miguel. He meets Dexter at the crime scene. Dexter tells the story about what happened from his first-hand knowledge, although he makes it look like it's from the blood spatter. 
Uh, Miguel asked Dexter why he spent time searching the sheriff's database about Oscar. Dexter says he doesn't usually get so involved, but that this stuff got to him. Uh, Miguel invites Dexter to Oscar's wake to show him how much Oscar was loved. So, uh, Deb finds out that Oscar was actually into Fruba for a lot of money. She says all of this as LaGuerta and Miguel walk up behind her hearing everything. It's one of those, they're right behind me, aren't they? Uh, doesn't she, like, blurt out, he's a fucking junkie? Yeah, basically. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> gosh. While Angel's like, stop it, don't do it. So it's it's an interesting thing about these characters that they brought in Ramon and Oscar and and Miguel. Um, it how Laguerta says their name. Um, Angel, also Latino, says it. Miguel, Oscar, but she she just like leans into that accent. No, that's not true. They 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 both do. They <laughs> they do the Spanish pronunciation of names. Um, it's more. It seems more pronounced, I think, when she says it. But yeah, it's always Miguel instead of Miguel. Oscar. That's because of uh, that's because of La Passion, right? Yeah. Uh, if you have if you have La Passion with someone, which I think she slept with all three brothers at some point, <laughs> uh, then you're allowed to say it in that fashion because that's what it. It's like ah yes, you know. That's where so. she got the idea. She slept with the shortest yeah. one first and worked her way up to the top. So Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. When, when she leans into the word Oscar, and, and Jimmy Smith does it too, uh, God, I just wanted to turn on subtitles and, and turn off the sound. It annoyed me so bad. Yeah. I mean, they have toned it down from, like, the pilot, but uh, with... <laughs> Jimmy Smith's back. They're they're dialing it back up here. So uh, Dexter says, "We'll look at it this way. Now you've given up men, booze, and cigarettes. Running your mouth is the only thing you have left." Deb says, "That's right. I'm a model of fucking perfection." Deb reminds Dexter again about their planned party. Laguerta tells Angel he needs to reconsider having Deb on the Prado case. Dexter goes to the wake. Deb is stranded at the Blue Room on her third cranberry juice. The bartender asks her if she has problems down under. Uh, Miguel says that what Deb said about Oscar isn't news to him. Oscar was far from perfect. Dexter rubs his face in frustration over Oscar's body, which Miguel sees from behind and thinks that Dexter is crying. It's the shot I was talking about earlier. Uh, LaGuardia stops Miguel from approaching Dexter by offering her condolences. Angel shows up at the bar with Deb and starts drinking tequila. He says that he's taking Deb off the Oscar Prado case. And he says the only person at Miami Metro preventing Deb from getting her shield is Deb herself. Which prompts Deb to start drinking tequila again. And then Dexter- I love this. You know, Angel's just so helpful here. You know, normally if somebody has quit drinking and they're about to just break down start drinking again like are you sure you want to do that think it through and he's like here you go yeah take a shot i've come (laughs) to this bar i've come to this bar where you're you're remembering your dead father to tell you that i've fired you from the case you like to be on and here's a tequila to help out yeah what a guy what a pal asshole angel 
as engaged. Yeah. Come up with a new plan. No more sad Tista. <laughs> Bad Tista. <Have> dick. <coughs> Bad Tista. Bad Tista. And, and then Dexter stands her up. I mean, gosh. Nothing went right for her. This is just the worst <laughs> day ever. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then to layer on that, the bartender's asking way too personal of questions. Like, what kind of a bartender does that? <laughs> Where he's like, yeah, your pee's all messed up or what? <laughs> 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 and the old Deb would have, like, reached across and grabbed him by the neck, but, you know, she's sober dead. Well, that's, uh, isn't it, uh, oh, it's the Scorsese movie with, uh, with DiCaprio, yeah, Departed. The Departed. In the, the in the Departed, there's a scene where, uh, I think it's DiCaprio's character goes into the bar and orders a cranberry juice, and the guy asks next to him says, "What is it? Your fucking period?" And he punches the guy out, and then like the boss comes down and is like, "The guy you just hit is a made guy. You can't. That's a guy you can't hit. So, you know." Don't ever do that again, and don't worry about it. You know we're fine for this thing. Any, anyway, what you drinking? He said cranberry juice, and the guy says, "Well, what is it? Your fucking period?" <laughs> so wait, so cranberry so juice is, isn't for periods; it's for UTIs. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. That sounds like. Wait a second. None of Why that is medically <laughs> sound. Yeah, I guess so. Though the your fucking period is because they just think he's a pussy. But yeah, it's definitely right. for UTIs. Okay. Yeah. I got. I sorry. Yeah. I gotta go get a cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like there's that Dennis Dennis Leary bit about uh, his brother gave him like some kind of weird six pack of different Sam Adams ales for Christmas, and he's like, "Thanks, whatever," and he shoves it in the back of the fridge and said like months later I'm watching a hockey game and I'm, I'm keeping my eye on the TV and I reach in and I think I feel yep there's a beer I feel a beer I pull a beer out of the thing start drinking it cranberry ale cranberry <laughs> nut crunch ale you know who's on the front of my beer bottle Santa Claus is on the front of my beer bottle okay no Cindy Crawford Dick Buckus they can all be on the front of my beer bottle but not Santa Claus Cranberries for funny. bladder infections. Beers for getting drunk. They don't go together. I think that's funny though, because I feel like now with the days of craft beers, that might not apply. Because I've had some pretty damn good beers with Santa Claus on the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> but well, Yuletide yeah. ale, and when Deb orders the tequila, Astor's birthday party starts playing. <laughs> Seriously, worst day ever. Uh... <laughs> Dexter and Rita are in bed again. Rita reaches under the blanket and grabs Dexter's junk. Rita says, all I want is chocolate pudding and Dexter, and not necessarily in that order. Who is writing her this season? Terrible lines. Masuka. This is that penthouse letter. God. That's not, like, something that's happened in your experience? You've never (laughs) said that to a guy? (laughs) That or on what did, what did she say earlier about the pudding? She's all about the pudding. Like I yeah I might I mean I don't want to tell too much out of school, but that is something that's pretty close to something my wife would say to me. So. <laughs> well, 
Okay. <laughs> it, it, I, I, it rang true to me. That's all I know. Uh, De- I'm glad for you. <laughs> Deb confronts Dexter about not going to the bar. Dexter says that he's in a different place about Harry. Deb's on a new case. Masuka and Dexter look at the dead woman with a square of skin removed from her shoulder. And Dexter recognizes her as Tegan, Freebo's girlfriend. Uh, Rita is home making more chocolate pudding. Dexter gets his crown fixed. Angel makes good on his promise to take everyone out for drinks, except LaGuerta. Yuki from IA shows up again to ask Deb for help. Dexter thinks about how he needs to evolve the code, make it better for himself. Dexter asks Rita about listening to the same music again before making more chocolate pudding again and realizes that she's done this before and she's pregnant. Dun, 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 dun. Everyone gasps. End of episode. Yeah. I uh, I don't think this was intentional, but I think this is an interesting... I guess it could be a metaphor. Uh, but the, the crown thing, obviously the episode starts off with the crown thing. It's a crown it's for his tooth. But in essence, it's almost like he's gotten his crown back in terms of like serial killers, right? Like he's wearing the crown... And then he goes and he tries to kill someone, and his crown gets knocked out, and then he gets his crown put back on. It's just like, he's the king of killers, you know? That's interesting. Um, I have no idea if they put that much thought into it. No, I know they... Yeah, I absolutely know they probably did not, but I think sometimes when you read into it, you're like, oh, hmm, that's, uh, okay, subconsciously maybe. (laughs) This one was written by Clyde Phillips, uh, who's the first four season showrunner so he's he's the the better showrunner uh and it was directed by uh keith gordon who's the gordon in the gordon productions that produces the show so it's kind of their top tier people uh on this it was the the best line of the episode for my best line i had um i'm sorry i didn't notice your haircut when Dexter finally notices her haircut after everybody else because and I picked it to be the best because it, it that is it's the small things right mm-hmm. and uh, and so like for this moment this is what like she's been on about uh, is like he hasn't said anything and he finally says something and I was like there you go there you go so it's not really a great line I just think it was the best <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't remember who said it. I think I know it was Dexter and I think Masuka maybe? Um, when they found uh, the body and they said, um, find anything? Yeah, dead guy with a hole in his chest. Uh, yeah, it was Masuka. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was Masuka. I didn't, I didn't make a note of that. Because Dexter I was picking a Masuka line. but Dexter was trying to figure out if they'd found his crown already. And Masuka, like, like, freaked him out with that he's like oh yeah we did dead guy with a hole in his chest uh, well i guess i'm giving it to masuka <laughs> it's a christmas miracle That's, i think it's happened twice now <laughs> whoa no right i like the line from the guy at the beginning of the episode where uh, it's a kid outside of freebo's house that's asking him you know what he's there for and how he knows Freebo and and Michael C. Hall starts to walk off and the the guy's like, Hey, don't walk away, I'll fuck you to me. And I just <laughs> I don't know why that, that line just hit me. And I was like, I love this. 
Yeah, the, like, nine-year-old kid on a bike <laughs> that's, like, the doorman for Freebo. It's hilarious. Uh, how about the worst line of the episode? Cody. Uh, uh, at the dad day. Oh no! When yeah, <laughs> this is new Cody. You can't hate on new Cody. <laughs> I can't realize I just tend to hate anything any child actor says. Uh, when he when Dexter apologizes that his presentation sucked, and he said it would have sucked more if I didn't have a dad. Oh come on! That's so brutal. Yeah, that, I mean that's fine. I, that's I, your choice. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean. It's so... Ugh. Can you imagine season one Cody delivering that line? It would have been worse, but it I'm not excusing been, a bad line because it it's a better Cody. more if I didn't have a dad. <laughs> it's all your fault, bro. He could have just said you didn't suck. He didn't have to say it would have sucked more if I didn't have a dad. Would the line have been better if he would have said it would have sucked if it tried to suck itself? <laughs> that would have been the best line. That would have been that my number been one. Wonderful. No doubt. Tegan just kind of walks past the unanimously. Tegan just kind of walks past the classroom doorway and goes, "Hey, thumbs up, kid." <laughs> oh, that that would have been it. That would have been best line of the season. Uh, my worst line was uh, "Good old Rita," uh, which she doesn't normally have bad lines, but I really didn't like the. God created pudding and then rested. Um, and I just thought it was tacky. <laughs> yeah. That was my second choice. No, I agree. I just can't overlook the bad child. Well, he's an okay child actor. The badly written child. <laughs> I, I, can, I can see you both ways. Um, I'm actually going to go with the lighter Rita line of I need I just need chocolate pudding and Dexter. Mm-hmm. Uh it's, and not necessarily in that and order. Not necessarily in that order. It's such cheese factor, but you know, it, it I, may not be true for your life, man. But <laughs> for some of us, that's that's reality right there. How about performance of the episode? You know, as much as Brooke didn't like uh, Rita, I think she was on fire. I thought she was. You oh, shouldn't I'm have sure. great lines, but she was. Woo. Your time's up, Zach. <laughs> Speaking of... Zach was all about the infinite side boob in this episode. Yeah, she rocked it. Yeah, good for her. But then Dale said, I ruined think... it, and said, there's not going to be any more, so I'm done. I don't even know if I want to watch the rest of the Dexters. Zach just quit. <laughs> I'm out. I gotta go get some cranberry juice. <laughs> Did anyone figure out, by the way, that she was pregnant before she made that announcement? Yeah. I mean, it, like, I've seen it before, so I knew that, but it was kind of I've, obvious. I didn't remember this is when she said it, and because, like I said, this episode did not hold my interest at all. I, I didn't get through, because I barely hold on. Yeah, like, libido and cravings, like, the only thing that they could have done to make it more obvious would have been to give her morning sickness on top of that. <laughs> Probably had I not been so bored. Yeah. So, who else on the performance of the episode? Uh, I gotta go. I gotta go. Angel. Um. Interesting. He's not. He's not given much to do in this episode, but really, nobody's given much to do outside of Michael C. Hall. Um. 
he does his conversation with LaGuerta and then his conversation with Deb at the bar I thought was enough to give him the performance. That's my choice as well, just by default. Has anything interesting going on? He has the most. No, it's not that. Really, the only option since we can't all Batista. Yeah, Batista just throwing Deb right back on the or off that wagon. Detective Sergeant Batista. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I should uh, I should state for the record that I didn't care for Deb's to haircut. So. You commented on the haircut. It's important. It's important. All right. Uh, Well, that is it for season three, episode one. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for helping me out with the podcast. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time on Deeply Discussing Dexter. Bye.